Hello, everybody, indeed. Welcome to the Animation Podcast. This is episode 329. I'm Jero, joined by Steve. What's up? And Amuro. Yeah, hello. And on this episode, we are going to cover the rest of the spring, uh, fall 2022 anime season with uh, a lot of the shows that weren't out by the time we recorded our preview episode. And then we're also going to have some impressions on Overwatch 2 later and also a Plague Tale Requiem. So let's get into the fall shows. One show that I think had some episodes at the time of recording, but we just didn't add to our preview was Reincarnated as a Sword. Yeah, there were actually a few shows that we that were out by the time we recorded, but just didn't quite get to. Um, and this was one of them. Uh, I was actually somewhat interested in this one. And then Gundam ended up being more than one episode and we ran out of time. Um, here's, so here's the thing. On its premise, it sounds ridiculous, right? Reincarnated mm-hmm. Sword. It's like the million other shows trying something different. Um, it's just the guy dies instead of being reincarnated as a slime or some other, you know, sentient being that can talk. Uh, this one is a sword. It is less ridiculous than the uh, reincarnated as a vending machine series, uh, but. Uh, definitely is good, actually. So, and I'll use good in the relative term of good. It is good mm-hmm. in a being a isekai show. It's it's not reinventing the wheel. It's not overly exciting, but it handles the premise exceptionally well. So, mm-hmm. the, you so know, I, I do want to before you get too much into it. Like, so how much have you have you seen of it? Not up to date. Okay, I, I've still only seen the first episode, and and like the initial impression off that one is that like okay, so the dude's reincarnated. He literally like the reincarnation plot of it could have just been dropped, and he could have just been a sentient sword, um, because that's how much time they spend on him before he gets reincarnated. It's literally just like, oh yeah. boy, I died and and now I'm a sword, and then like the rest mm. of the episode is him speed running, like getting skills and powers and stuff. Um, but I, I think where the show has potential and where like I would like to see more of it is the fact that like he's not technically the main character, the the cat girl is. Um and you know, we, we only get to see a little bit of her struggle throughout the episode until they meet at the end of it. And you know, so so that's where I'm kinda like curious to see where uh, where the show develops is how, you know, she is the main character. So Steve, you probably know more about that. So you are wrong and right uh you're right that fran the cat girl is the main character but uh the sword Sishio, uh as he calls himself is 100 percent a main character as well like he doesn't speak to the other people but it's it's pretty much like most of the show is like almost like this internal monologue um kind of i would say almost similar to the vein of shows like you know Suzume Harhi on Kion, you're just constantly in Kion's head hearing things. Mm-hmm. That's kind of basically Shishio's role. He's basically the narrator. So he's like the narrator. Well, he's constantly giving his feedback, input, helping Fran out, um, and, and communicating between him and Fran. So, like, he has way more speaking roles than Fran does because, like, Fran's whole like shtick is that she's this kind of 
I guess, shy, quiet kind of cat character girl. Um, you know, not not that she's well, shy is not maybe not the word. She's just a, a person of few words, right? Um, you know, she's kind of very stoic in a way. She didn't mm-hmm. talk a lot. Of course, she was tortured <laughs> being a, uh, a slave for a while. Um, so it's not surprising she is that way. Um, but I really enjoy it. Like, I, I just, I just genuinely enjoy it. Like if you like Isekai, this is solid Isekai stuff. I mean, she shows a cool character. I love the concept of, you know, him basically boosting Fran and like when they go into fights, right? Like Fran's doing her thing and she, he's doing his thing. So it's really much a tag team kind of effort. Um, and, and Fran is just, you know, for lack of a better word, she's adorable. You know, she's she's a good character to watch. I enjoy kind of seeing her and, you know, kind of being this downtrodden, you know, slave girl. You know, and now she's kind of, you know, being able to sleep in a bed. She's all like, oh, this is amazing. Also being kind of like the stigma of being a cat girl, which apparently they don't get very strong that race. Um, they mentioned evolving, but basically their, their point is that, you know, cat characters genuinely like they're weak. Um, so seeing her kind of get strong, you know, it's, it's really cool. There's also gives a little bit of a limitation of her Fran, because, you know, I think you say overpowered isekai shows are a dime a dozen more than just isekai shows in general. Um, but this one, you know, she show the sword itself is really strong, but Fran does have, you know, limitations. So there is some interest there. Um, and it's just, like I said, it's a good show. It's it's nothing. I, I like. I don't go in expecting anything super amazing, but if you want a solid Sekai show, this one's got a good enough twist to make it different enough and a, a likable cast between Frey and Shishio. Um, that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on board. And there's a lot of shows this season, and I think this one's definitely one I plan on keeping with. All right. And speaking of, don't expect anything amazing. Uh, our next show is Renai Flops, uh, Love Flops. There's a couple episodes out of it right now, and it's a typical harem series. Um, The first episode, we kind of see the main character, Asahi, go through his day at school, and he meets all of the girls that are going to be a part of his harem. And there's all the, the typical etchy hijinks and stuff that happens in the first episode, like he picks up a girl's uh, panties and one girl gets her bra taken and all that stuff and then it turns out that in the by the end of the first episode and into the second episode uh, all the girls have moved in to his house and now they're going to stay with him and it, it it seems like it just seems like there's some overarching like plan that is being set in place and there's it seems like there might be something going on behind the scenes the problem is what i've watched the first couple episodes i just don't care about what's what kind of like play is going on behind the scenes of why these girls are all living with this character and why they're all interested in him and stuff um because what we're gonna get most of the time is just the typical etchy stuff that we've seen Dozens and dozens and dozens of times. With no real conclusion. Right. Yeah. Uh, next up is Bochi the Rock. There are three episodes of this, and I think even by this point, you guys have only seen one or so. I watched all three episodes okay. before the podcast. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw that art, they were talking about it, and I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and watch one. I've got time. Um, so I only mm. watch one. And I'll say this. I'll go ahead and start us off since I only watched one. Um, mm. I like this show a whole lot. <laughs> like, it is fun. It is entertaining. Mm. And I just, the main character, uh, uh, Hitari Go, Bochi. Go Bo- mm. Bochi, who her nickname is Bochi, is amazing. Like, I just, like, right from the go, like, get go, like, you know, when we're into, like, so it starts with us off, right? And the whole point of her character, she's just like second year middle school or first year middle school, something like that. Um, she goes, you know, hey, I, I have no friends. I'm very shy. I'm not really sure what to do. Um, I'm just going home. I don't have clubs. And then she sees on, you know, the TV, there's this guy. And he's in a band. He's just talking. He's like, you know, I was the shy one in the back of the room. Um, and then I, you know, pick up and learn a guitar. And I was like, I'm here for it. And, uh, and now I'm, you know, in a band and I'm popular. And so she just suddenly gets stands up and like, I'm learning the guitar. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, cause I, I really wasn't that attached to her character at that point. I was like, she's not mm-hmm. really super exciting or fun or interesting. Um, and so apparently her dad had a guitar. And so she's like, oh yeah, you can go use my guitar and learn it. And, um, she goes up and she's like, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to become in a band for, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to play in a band for the school festival. And it's going to be amazing skip three years and that three-year skip made so much of a difference in her character i'm just gonna say it. like suddenly she's like she's they skip three years she's still she's in a closet she's like i never was in the band i never i never played in front of my school i'm just still a loner now i'm in high school and it's my first year in high school first month in high school and i've got no friends and I, I just don't know what to do and all i'm here is sitting here and she's like She's got so much more animation. Like, she's, like, just all, like, in her head, like, I'm a loser. Oh, and she's singing. She's creating a song for herself, and it's an amazing song. It's like, I'm in a closet uh, playing alone. Original song by me. You know, it's just, like, it was so funny, and I just became immediately in love, fell immediately in love with, with her character. I was just yeah. like, I just want to watch this character all the time. I just love her to death. And it took like all of like in five minutes into the episode when I had that opinion. Right. She knew. saw it. She, she yeah. solid stakes her way through a band performance. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's the thing. She's such a great character. Cause like she's sitting there like, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm going to school. I've, I've got all my cool band band memorabilia. So someone's going to look at me and be like, let's talk about band stuff. And no, no one's talking to her about band stuff. She's just still uh, sitting there all alone, just like, I'm, I can't do it. And she's like in a park and she's like, hey, look, this is a park for losers. There's a guy, he's alone. And then his family comes up and he's like, God, screw that guy. He's got a family. <laughs> it was just like, uh, it was, it was, she's so adorable and so great. And then she gets so like nervous, as, as Amro said, like she gets dragged into a live concert, but she can't play in mm-hmm. front of people. She's too much of a, you know, uh, you know, too, 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 too much of an, you know, it doesn't like too insecure, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. like pe- hard, hard to connect with people. And so she's like, I got to play in a box. So she sits there in a box and it's just, it is so, it's great. I love the animation. I love kind of the faces they do and the, the kind of like the camera angles when she pops out of the box and like homeless horror walks over to the characters and they're all freaking out. Um, she's just adorable. And I'm really excited. It's definitely something where, I'm gonna watch the next two episodes tonight. Like before I'm yeah. in bed, or whatever it is, I'm gonna at least watch these next two episodes because I enjoyed it. The first episode so much. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, 
everything Steve said, I agree with. Um, episode two is all about her working at the club because uh, they got to, you know, they actually have to finance their own shows and stuff. Um, and then episode three is is them getting their their fourth member, which I don't want to spoil because there's a lot of funny stuff there. Uh, it it had one of the fu- like it had one of the best gags involving uh, a guitar and a bass I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> and again, I, I don't want to spoil it, but just the 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 payoff to that was so great. Um, so the entire time I was watching it, I was thinking of Jero, right? Because I was thinking, I know Jero hates K on. <laughs> yeah, and, not like uh, and and so okay. I, I was watching the show and I was thinking this show is basically Kon if it was about the music. All right, that sounds pretty good. I would almost <laughs> I almost disagree in the fact that like Hitori as a character is like way no, better than different. any way yeah. better than any of the Kon characters, like. Kon characters, you could describe a lot of them as moe blobs, you know, mm-hmm. very much one note. But like, Hitori is, is very like... much a blob. She turns into a blob in, in some of these episodes, like literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But her personality is so fantastic. It, 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 yeah, like, no, especially no. anyone who has like social anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. You recognize the symptoms. Like in your head, you're like, "I'm gonna be awesome," and then you're just like, "I, I, 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 I mean." I, I, I can't do it. I can't do this. It's people like in my head. I'm amazing. Like I'm, I'm getting on stage. I'm doing this stuff. But like, once you actually have to try to do it, you're just like, ah, it's too much for me. And she like, she, she, she does it so perfectly. I like, I love her to death. Like those kind of characters just get me all the time. Yeah. There, there, there's a realism to her social anxiety where, and, and in episode two, they go out of their way to point out the difference, you know, between a loner and someone who's lonely because, you know, like Bochi is bad at interacting with people, but that doesn't mean she doesn't want to, you know, mm. be around people. She she just gets crippled by it. Meanwhile, you have um, I think her name is like Rio or something, the blue haired girl, um, where like she she is a loner. She has no friends, but she like enjoys being alone and doing things by herself. Yeah. You know, so so they're like, oh no, we are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, this, this, like I would almost recommend everyone watch that first episode. I mean, I know standard cute girls do cute, cute things is you know mm-hmm. almost a trope. Is not is a, almost is a trope at this point. But like, yep. there's some personalities that I just get drawn into, and uh, Bochi's personality is that one. So mm-hmm. love it, recommend it strongly. Watch the first episode. You know, give it five minutes. Wait till you know you really got start to understand who she is as a character, and she's just fantastic. <laughs> All right, I will set aside time for that this week, and hopefully I can add it alongside uh, cute girls building stuff with uh, <laughs> DIY. Uh, next up is Akiba Made War, a pretty interesting show from PA Works, taking Made Cafe and adding a, a Gang Wars component to it. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of see all kinds of uh, things... Uh, we have uh, Ronka, who's the older maid of the group, but it turns out uh, she's kind of like the the heavy of the group, the one that's going to do all the combat stuff and shoot all the guns. And yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of uh, combat and like mob mafia kind of stuff going on in, mm-hmm. in these first episodes. And it's uh, pretty wild and entertaining. 
I watched uh, the first episode. Um, what I want to add is I don't think this is a bad show. I just think a lot of the comedy didn't quite click with me. Um, I did quite enjoy the the whole first episode when they were doing the whole like when the, the she was hu- killing all the maids right, and they were like making it like a uh, dance concert, and the the you know the yakuza blades were like the little glow sticks, and they were waving them around. Um, I thought that was really amusing to me, but like I think generally speaking, I felt like the show. Like, I don't know, maybe it was just, like, a tone issue. Like, maybe if it, like, focused on the fact that it was ridiculous. But there are times where it steps back and, you know, we get to Nagomi, uh, the you know, the new maid that's the younger maid. And she's just kind of like, I don't, like, I'm, like, instead of being, like, I'm in a ridiculous situation, help me. She kind of almost is, like, a terror situation. She's like, what the hell is going on? I'm scared. I don't know what's happening. And I felt like if they laid a little more into the comedy, I would probably be a little more like, ah, ha, ha, this is funny. Um, but I did, I did, again, I don't think it was bad. I just think that the comedy just slipped a little bit past me. And I do think this is a better example of why uh, Shinobi no Itoki, uh, the one with the Ninja Clan one, where this, this, this plot works better for me. Like, I will say, like, like I did not like Shinobi no Itoki at all. Akiba uh, Maid War just like that hit all the levels of ridiculousness, and I did like that um, more. It just like again the comedy just quite slipped a little bit under me, like over me. Like I just I wasn't quite feeling it. I thought it was really I thought it was funny. My my main thing like I kind of already knew what the twist was going into it, right? You know because like it's one of those things where as soon as they didn't advertise it as what it actually was going to be right so as soon as people saw the first episode everyone was talking about how oh the maid show where you know the maids are killing each other in the street and stuff right Mm -hmm. so so i kind of already went into it and so that that gives you like a different perspective when you're watching that first episode where you're like noticing all the all the little things right like when the debt collector shows up in the shop and you know she's being forced to apologize and beg for an extension and you're like oh i i know this is definitely a yakuza shakedown and so, like, her manager was, you know, apologizing for sending her out on, you know, this day, and then she was putting up the the wanted, uh, help wanted poster, you know, like, that that kind of subtle humor, like, really struck with me, and then the ridiculous stuff of watching them, you know, shoot each other in the head, uh, just out of nowhere, and you're like, holy shit, this is, they are really not shying away from the violence on mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, and even, so, like, uh, in episode two, there's the the plot where they're playing a card game and you expect like, Oh, the girl's going to pull uh, Yumichi. She's going to pull through and win, but she ends up losing and they all get locked in this cage and they're worried about being like taken out to sea. But then Ronko <laughs> just shoots the, shoots the guy in the head and then all chaos breaks out. <laughs> oh, actually, I just remembered I did watch episode two. I fell asleep for like four minutes. Again, I don't want to say it's bad. The comedy just didn't hit with me. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, some people watch a Chris Rock special and think it's the greatest thing in the world. Some people watch an Adam Sandler special and special and think it's the greatest thing in the world. I just think the comedy for me didn't quite click. I didn't think it was bad. I do think there were parts that were amusing, but I legitimately fell asleep in the second episode when they were doing the gambling stuff. Because like I was just like watching it. And I was like. I'm not super engaged or interested. I'm not laughing. I'm not feeling as amused. And I, I woke up four minutes later when I saw them shoot the person. I was like, oh, hey. 
But uh, yeah, uh, another another kind of out there show for PA Works, who earlier this year did your boy Kong Ming. Have they ever done anything quite this violent? Hmm. PA Works. Good. That's a good question. But, like usually, like I don't want to. Uh, yeah, shit on PA Works because they they tend to be a show that either a company that either makes really good stuff or really mediocre stuff. But um, oh. I don't really think they do a whole lot of violent shows. Yeah, they like did another stuff. Uh, maybe it was a really long time ago they did some old violent stuff because I also now I'm seeing Angel Beats and Charlotte, Canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, recently I don't think they've done too much violent stuff. So now nah, they were doing more like Hanasaka Iduha and eccentric mm-hmm. family stuff like that, which those shows are great in their own right. Yep. All right. So uh, next up bleach a thousand year blood war bleach is back. Uh, it has been a long time since I have cared in any capacity about bleach. And um, well, I still, I, I watch these episodes and, you know, obviously, you know, Ichigo and Orihime and Sato and uh, Ishida, for example, um, like, there's still like this, I'm still trying to reconnect with the series and all of the characters and the Soul Society and the Arnkar and uh, wh- whatever, like, the main villains of, of this series is going to be, but um, it's at least enjoyable enough to like watch as like a turn your brain off like shonen type series for me and it's just like captures kind of the elements of bleach that i thought was cool back in the day that mm-hmm. I- i'm enjoying watching so far i think it's been too long for me to go back <laughs> <laughs> and, and and for me the main thing was that like i just i i fell off bleach uh, anime wise society arc like I don't think I got past the reveal that Aizen was like the bad guy or whatever so I I never you know I never really stuck to the to the anime and you know much less the manga so yeah I, I don't know like I yeah, see I, like I'm seeing that it's it's got some good animation quality or production values but still I don't think that's, a, that's enough to call me back to it right and with I, the Bleach series, the question is, you know, I don't expect that quality to keep up with every episode. I, f- I fell off. I, I I got further than uh, Amaro did. Yeah, did too. I fell off probably only maybe two arcs after Amaro did. And I, I do really feel like I would just be so lost. Like, I would need to go back and marathon, reread stuff, just to really feel comfortable enough to catch up to it. So, I get how some people are very hyped. I do feel like it's a little bit of a brain fog hypeness, right? Like, it was like, you know, oh, I remember 15 years ago when this was the best. It was more than 15 years ago, really. Yeah. But this was like, you know, the hype show and with the big three and mm-hmm. everyone was talking about it. And I think there is a little bit of that kind of almost romancing it. Um, or maybe it was just we, our group was never big into Bleach, but... I don't. I never really got too excited about Bleach. I think it had issues with the way it structured the story, abilities, and pacing that just felt weird and off to me. So I just why I kind of never got truly into it. All right. Next up is Urusei Yatsura. 
a sort of a redo, I guess, of a series from the eighties. Yeah, I believe. I want to go ahead. I, I just want to say this: in terms of redoing a series from the eighties, this is how you do it, right? This show looks great. It's it's it, it really does kind of feel good. It even has very strong eighties vibe to it. You know, um, it, it it really it feels good in that sense and i know like all of us have been you know rumiko uh takahashi you know radma inuyasha a lot of shows that you know people are very aware of um and it gets me a little bit excited that we might see like a redo of radma modern day rama because i really loved rama um but i'll say this i am not there's nothing about this show that I truly liked in terms of story and characters, right? I don't know. Maybe have I grown out of the whole perverted 80s guy? Like, he's like so over the top perverted that it just feels off off and weird to me. And or maybe it's just the show itself. I just I can't get in I watched both first two episodes and I, I was just like at the end of it, I was like, oh, I think the show looks great. I just don't know if I like the show itself. And for those who don't know, uh, the show, the whole premise of the start of the show is that there's an invading army of aliens. They're called Onis, of course, um, have little horns. And, you know, uh, the main character, uh, Ataru, uh, gets basically chosen from random and decides that basically you have to capture Lum, who's one of the, you know, aliens. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't capture her within like a certain period, because, of course, if you know anything about Japan, Oni tag is a big kind of like mythos thing. Mm -hmm. um, so the whole premise is if he doesn't catch Lum within the first like I think it's like three or four days, that these aliens get to take over the Earth. But of course, this main character is like kind of perverted. He's in love with another character, Shinobu, and eventually he ends up capturing her after he accidentally rips off her bikini top. And of course, '80s. Um, but, like, I just couldn't get behind the premise. And even episode two is, you know, kind of about this whole concept of, you know, Lums now wants to marry him. Um, so she's, like, I guess cock-blocking him and Shinobu and shenanigans too. And it's just, I don't know, it's too much for me. Armour, what, what about you? What's your thoughts on the show? Um, I really I really liked it. Uh, but, again, I think I don't think the humor is going to be for everyone. Um, it's very loud. Uh, and obnoxious, which, which makes sense for the title, which is like you know like those or something like that. Uh, it's a pun because it's always puns with Japanese humor. Uh, but no, I, I like uh, Ataru is like a scumbag protagonist. Uh, he's very much like <laughs> the lover boy who is always getting distracted by other women. Um, yeah, there's I I think you know like. Again, there's, it's gonna ha it's gonna have a big cast, so like early on, it's gonna be introducing a lot of characters, and you know I'm sure those dynamics are gonna be uh, interesting as we go along. One thing I really want to say about the show is that like this iteration of it has an amazing voice cast. Um, oh. Hiroshi Kamiya is the main character. You have uh, you have uh... oh man, what, what's his name? The guy that voices uh, Rintaro and Steinsgate and uh, oh, Mamoru Miyano. Yeah. Thank you. 
Mamoru Miyano, he he's teased at the end of episode two, so he's going to be probably a focal point um, mm-hmm. in the uh, in the third episode. Uh, the girl uh, Sakura in episode two is is um, oh, man, I'm so bad with these names, but Kambaru from uh, Monogatari. Okay. Um. Anyway, there's a lot of good voice actors in the show, and if nothing, if for nothing else, I'm probably gonna watch it for that in the animation. Um, mm. I, I think the humor is pretty good. Uh, again, I understand it's not gonna be for everyone, uh, and the OP uh, for the show is oh. probably one of the best ones of the season. <laughs> Open and ending are both good. I like them both. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's so much to like about this show. That's kind of why, again, another show I didn't really want to shit on. I just felt like. I might end up just sticking with it because it is too core, but it is mm. something that like I wouldn't mind supporting. You know, getting my numbers in there as a, hey, they got this many views on Country Roll, just simply because I think it is a worthwhile endeavor. Especially when we there's so many shows that we always talk about. I want this to be remade, and then sometimes it gets remade, and you're like, I wish this has never got remade. Um, but this this is definitely like the way they took it and handled it. You know, voice yeah. cast animation everything just it works on every level and I, mm-hmm. again i want to see more you know 80s products or 90s products even kind of get this kind of care and attention and um, yeah. definitely would be nice I, I think david production is doing a really good job with taking classics 80s manga like jojo <laughs> and and turning them into you know like modern I, I one thing i really do like about the aesthetic for the show is that it doesn't even try to pretend it's modern day like it's it's really nostalgic to see people yeah. running around talking on corded you know corded phones and uh, the TVs are all three by four and, oh, yeah. and boxes mm-hmm. CRT yeah yeah I, I do like that it got me confused at first because I think the is either the opening or ending shows modern day technology so I was like is this in the modern day or not and then I watched episode two and I was like no it's not it's just kind of a vibe <laughs> they're going for the intro and open ending yeah. All right, uh, next up is season two of To Your Eternity, Steve. Yeah, I just want to quickly mention this. If you haven't watched season one, you should definitely do it. It's a good show, solid show. Uh, and season two kind of changes the game somewhat. Like, I don't want to spoil it too much if you haven't watched it, but it really kind of shifts the the way, the focus of the character. Um, because the main character in season one, a lot of it's like a learning. He like barely speaks English, you know. Was kind of learning a lot of things, and like in season two, like it skips forty years, so we get like a huge progression in this storyline, and it gets me kind of excited to see where they're taking this story. And knowing that's a, you know it's another two core season, right? Because season one was also two core, now we're having another two core. I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, love the main character. I love how he's now more expressive and interesting, kind of breaking more into the lore and how he had how he can basically transform into different humans that have died around him. And they kind of explain that in the first episode right off the bat. So it, it's pretty exciting. Um, definitely recommend catching on the show if you haven't. Um, it, it's worth watching. It's a good show. It's a solid series. And, you know, bringing into season two, some, again, some pretty solid, interesting um, twists and dynamics and action. So kind of see where it's all going is uh, pretty cool. So definitely check it out if you haven't seen season one. So go watch it. All right. And our last show that we're going to cover before we kind of touch briefly on some stuff that we watched more episodes of, uh, Chainsaw Man. 
been hyped for a very long time. It's finally out this season. Uh, we have two episodes right now. We've seen some Makima. We've seen Power in episode two. Uh, Mappa doing Mappa things. Just incredible art and animation. And it's going to be a very popular one throughout the season. How would you guys feel about the first couple episodes? I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. See, Amro, Amro's got to be the contrarian. He's got to be like, oh, it's popular. It sucks. It's shit. I can't watch it. Um, I did. Well, well, okay. Listen, I didn't feel that way about Spy Family. Okay, <laughs> you you thought Spy Family was good before it was popular, right? You're you're that guy, right? Well, well, it was uh, it was already pop. It was already popular before I got around to it. Okay, <laughs> can, can uh, I let me jump I can... in? Uh, I read the manga. And I have a feeling that Amro knows some spoilers that may have really soured him on Chainsaw series. Man. Is that? Yeah. Yes, 100%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I watched the first two episodes and I enjoyed it. I thought Dingy as a main character is good. I kind of like how he's the, you know, I'm down and out kind of guy. And so much so, like, like he literally has lived a shit life and there's no fans or up, but it's about that. Um, Makima is very clearly a manipulative bitch, but you know what? More power to him. More mm-hmm. power to her for saving Genji. Uh Power is fun. I have no like. I like watching her. I thought she was great in her second episode and kind of like jumping off a building and smashing the 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 yokai demon monster. I thought it was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It's fun. I can't wait to watch her more. Um, and I really love the interactions between Aki and Genji. The whole like. I go for the balls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he goes for the balls, man. Like, like the guy was on the ground and he's still like, I'm kicking you in the nuts. Like and the fact that he got times, up. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he got up and then he, he was surprised that he kicked him in the nuts yet again. I was like, really? Like, you're surprised about that? Like he literally told you right before he, like right after he kicked you in the nuts that I always go for the nuts. So, but I thought it was funny. It was hilarious. Uh, I love the intro. Um, I watched a video that uh, on YouTube that kind of showed all the references in the video, and I thought it was fantastic. You know, there's a lot of movie references in that intro that's fun and exciting. Um, so it's kind of cool to see them kind of go that route. Um, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was a great show. I mean, there's not a whole lot to really add because this is the show everyone talked about. It's popular for a reason. It's got the animation. It's got the fun characters. Um I'm I'm just I'm excited to see more of it um and I I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same. Um actually if you could share that video on the Discord, I'm actually curious cuz I don't know. I'm not a super movie buff guy, yeah, I'll so I'll find it yeah, and put I'm it on there for. You. I'll put it on there. Yeah. So join our Discord if you want to see this video. Yeah. Uh yeah, instead instead of looking it up yourself on YouTube, yeah, go to yeah. anvision.org, join our Discord and do that. Um but yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I mean, Mappa's animation alone is going to keep me interested, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it should be a lot of fun. All right, um, updated impressions. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? I'm really liking Gundam. I haven't watched episode four, but I'm really enjoying Witch for Mercury quite a lot. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I I know that's probably not surprising. Like, yeah. Uh, a surprising coming from me or whatever but but no like i, I really enjoy the characters um sled is great um 
the even even Guell, who is like a heel very early on, um, actually by the end of like the third episode, I was like, I kind of like this guy. Like you know, like he's he's clearly been manipulated by his dad yeah. his whole life, and you know when he <laughs> proposes to Sled at the end of the episode, yeah. I was just like, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> to be honest, I felt like once episode two started. And we got into mm. episode two a little bit. It was very obvious to me that Guel was going to be kind of romantic, try to be mar- mar- romantically linked to Suella. Suella. Mm. Um, I just thought so because I kind of started reading the room like, oh, they're totally going that way. Because mm-hmm. he was too much of a jerk in the first episode, like <laughs> over the top jerkness. And then suddenly episode uh, two starts and you're like, oh, you know, maybe he's not that bad because mm. now he's like calmed down somehow. Like he's yeah. completely changed personalities in a lot of ways, um, so I wasn't too surprising. But I am enjoying this for this what it is. I still think I'm not necessarily as hot on it as other Gundam shows. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the fact that it is so much of it is, is based in like a school at least right now, um, and I really do enjoy the war aspect of a lot of Gundam shows, um, especially like the last one I can really think of that I truly like I really liked, which was Iron Blooded Orphans. That whole, like, you know, war aspect that that was built upon. But this one's definitely built more for, like, a school setting, which is a little more, I don't want to say bad, but is less interesting to me. I still enjoy it, but I, I would definitely like to see more war Gundam stuff than, you know, school-based Gundam stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I saw this, this core, at least this core is going to be 12 episodes. Is this eventually going to be a longer, it's a split core, right? I know it's a split core. I don't know if it's going to go more than 20, you know, your standard uh, 25 yeah. episodes or not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I also really enjoy Suleta. Like we talked about her personality on the initial mm-hmm. podcast. And I just mm-hmm. love her in episode three where she's like cowering from Guel, but then she finds out he's her opponent again. And she's like, oh, I'm not that worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like low key shit talking. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else are you guys liking? What do you want to bring up? Uh, well, I did. I hadn't watched Shinobi Itoki uh, on our first recording. Uh, I've since watched the first three episodes of that, and and Steve, I, I really like it. <laughs> like, yeah. like don't get me like don't get me wrong. It's not the worst thing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not the best thing ever, but it's also not the worst thing ever either. I feel like that's a ringing endorsement. Uh, okay, like so. Yes, a little bit of it was like, let me see, let me see if I can enjoy this thing that St- Steve said was bad. <laughs> of course, I, I do that. But uh, but like, I was laughing through the first episode. Um, the second episode was had already some some ridiculous stuff. Like they had a promotional video for their ninja school, which like they're just out in the open saying like, "Yeah, come to this ninja school. It's awesome." He's like, "Who would advertise a ninja school?" And like the lady's like, "Well, that's why no one would believe it <laughs> if we just come out and say it." And and they do like the whole like Naruto like test where you know like you have to do a, a thing and um. You know, like he fails the test, but he passes because of how he failed it. You know, um, what, what was the other thing too? Oh, uh, he was like, "Oh man, are we going to learn like, uh, like uh, ninjutsu, like uh, like fire style and water style?" And 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 they were just kind of like laughing at him, being like, "Okay." Uh, he pulled out a lighter. He was like, "Fire style," <laughs> 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 lit something on fire. And, 
and she and she poured like a cup of water over it and she was like water style jutsu <laughs> and like I, what i like about it is that it's like a good modern it's, it's a modern portrayal of ninja and <laughs> uh or like what ninja would be in a modern setting and and yes it is a school anime like it it does that full on in episode three but I, i'm enjoying it for what it is so far um it's it's very it's very mid uh but at the same time it has kind of like this old school feeling that makes it a little bit charming for me i feel like that's the problem right kind of jumping into mm-hmm. overall impressions or overall thoughts of the season kind of again oh well I, i've got There's... one more thing if, if nobody okay, else has, has anything else um i watched more of uh eminence and shadow and it's my favorite new show of the season it is it is hilarious you have to watch episode two at the very least and even then like i would say i would say go on to episode three too because like the first three episodes are like nothing alike. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you, episode one is the guy, you know, before he gets isekai episode two is him like kind of growing up and, and starting his secret organization and like accidentally following, falling into a conspiracy that he thinks is completely made up, but it turns out it's a hundred percent real and he's just having a good time, you know, like killing people and, and being a quote unquote anti-hero. Meanwhile, there's like this actual serious conspiracy going on. And then episode three is, uh, again, like the school portion of it. But I, I, I am really, really enjoying Eminence and Shadow. Like mm. that first episode is not at all what the show is like, but I feel like it's kind of necessary to kind of get into the head of our protagonist uh, as going forward. At, at the very least, watch episode two. I thought it was freaking hilarious. All right, well, now I have to watch it so yeah, I can tell you I'll how wrong you are and how shit it is. <laughs> give it a chance, yeah. <laughs> well, so kind of bringing it into overall impressions, like that, that's kind of my problem, right? There's a lot of shows that I don't think are bad, and I probably would have watched last season, but like I'm already up to uh-huh. a pretty high number of shows on this season, and yeah, my time only stretches so far, especially with so many great video games coming out. And, you know, I really want to give my time there and now having to, you know, also watch all these shows that are, you know, uh, like it's now it's like, do I want to invest in a show that's mid or do I want to watch a show like Bochi? Like, because like I guarantee you today, like if you'd asked me, you know, what shows are I watching it, I would enlist it off a name of shows. And there's probably at least one show I cut simply because 20 minutes before we did this podcast, I decided to watch Bochi The Rock episode one. And now I'm like, <laughs> I got to watch this. So mm-hmm. why should I now invest time in Shinobi no Itoki or uh, even Eminence of the Shadow if it, it turns out to be a show that I'm like, you know, hey, this this isn't that bad. This is pretty good or decent or mid or whatever. When like, well, do I want to watch this mid show or do I want to watch uh, I Reincarnated as a, show, a sword mid show, right? And that's where I kind of a lot of my lines are having to draw. Like if it's mid, it's got to be a, a, a better mid <laughs> You know, it's got to be just a little bit better than the other shows on my kind of like lower tier list that I'm enjoying enough to watch, but not necessarily, Uh, you know, it's not mob psycho mm -hmm. level or spy family level. Yeah. And at least that Mm -hmm. this season has those kind of shows, right? That are incredibly good, like uh, spy family and mob psycho. And there's a lot of A tier shows this season. A lot of A tier shows. Mm-hmm. Like this show, this season, like if you just watched the A tier shows, you'd have a full list. 
yeah, I mean, this season I'm in the uh, I'm in the double digits, so that's a sign that's of cool. a season that is good for me when I have that many shows that I'm enjoying watching, and that that doesn't even include like Bochi to Rock, which I haven't watched any of yet. All right, so let's talk about Overwatch Two. Um, Rocky launched, to say the least. A uh, lot of connection issues, and when those connection issues seemed like they would subside, there would be a DDoS attack that would happen. That happened at least two or three times during the course mm-hmm. of the launch week. So that was bad. And then we've had uh, heroes disabled in various places like Bastion in Torbjorn, among others. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first week I, I barely got in any playtime. It was just so difficult to get in. Uh, do you have similar feelings about the first week? Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice to see them uh, see a nice launch. I don't necessarily blame them too much. I think there's some things we can easily blame them for because, you know, like some of the buggy character stuff, they had a beta. You know, they've been, I mean, a lot of this stuff has been out there in League even. So they've known this stuff, but I, I can almost forgive them on, I can almost, I can forgive them on, you know, being DDoSed. It's hard. And you know people are going to do it because they can, and because they knew it was such a big launch, and because this is an over you know multiplayer only title, it's easy to kind of target them. And you know, unlike you know something like Cyberpunk, where the bugs were because of the game itself, you know, for the most part, Overwatch Two was fairly bug free. Yeah, as I said, some characters, but in a huge cast, you can't really, you know, it is what it is. Again, it's not necessarily acceptable, but not necessarily enough to where I'd be like, oh, screw Blizzard for what they did here. Yeah. Um, I can't, again, connections are going to be issues as long as you have assholes. Yeah. So, and they're going to gonna target you as much as you can, no matter how much you try to prevent it until it's live, until anything is live, you don't know fully know what's going to happen. You can test it all you want. Mm-hmm. But again... Once something goes live, you know, if you've never had any experience with anything or any company that's, you know, released stuff to a live environment, yeah, you know there's going to be issues. Yeah, it's the reality of anything, just like any any release of any kind of game, there's all going to be massive queue times to get in, and there's going to be all kinds yeah. of connection issues, so you just... And this is free, too, so... Right, yeah. More people are going to jump in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, big thing to talk about with the gameplay is... 5v5, only one tank now. Uh, In my experience playing, it's been okay. It feels a little awkward because with the tank role just being one now, I I believe there's still an expectation of that role to be Mm. the one that pushes forward, but at the same time, you still got to watch both of your supports, and that can be be sometimes a difficult task to, to juggle doing both of those things when you don't have that other tank buddy, like a D.Va, on your side that could peel for whether you're playing a shield hero like uh, Winston or Reinhardt Sigma, something like that. Feels like a flank buff. Yeah. I think my issue with one tank has been this. I think from an overall perspective, right? If I were to look at the game as uh, overall how this game feels versus how it did 6 versus 5v5, 66... I really think, in a lot of ways, 
the game feels and plays the same in a lot of ways. My issue is, especially being someone who played a lot of tank back when tank wasn't popular, Mm. it definitely feels different because I really enjoy tank combinations. Like there was nothing better than going Reinhardt Zarya or Diva Winston or uh, yeah. Sigma, um, or uh, Orisa uh, or Orisa like, yeah. Hog, like you know, combining Shatter with Self Destruct, things like that. Exactly. Like there's something very nice about it. Like it just it worked and it was fun and it got me excited. Here. It's like you're removing all of that. So everything is just how much damage can I throw out? And I feel like that's the problem I have sometimes is in a lot of game modes, I would say if it's, if it's a game mode that is uh, you know, uh, uh, two, not 2CP, two uh, uh, capture the point, right? In capture the point, whether it's two tanks or three tanks or two tanks or one tank, I don't think it matters. In the payload stuff, or uh, in the payload or in the where you're pushing to there's the hybrid where you yeah, capture hybrid, a point yeah. and then go payload. I feel like that's where the game feels so much more different. Like I cannot tell you how many times on King's Row I've played a game where I was healer and we were just stuck trying to break in because the stupid fucking tank wouldn't walk in, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were like, oh, I don't know what to do. And like <laughs> in a two tank scenario, it's like, all right, I could push in with with Reinhardt. My shield might break, but then Zarya will bubble me or Diva will eat stuff or Sigma will pull out his shield or something, right? And it feels like a good push. But when you're trying to push with one tank, it can feel so awkward if your tank player doesn't know what they're doing. And even if you do know what you're doing, it can feel awkward because you might be pushing in as tank, you turn around and all your team is chasing some motherfucker yeah. out their flank and you're like the only one there or your healers healing mm-hmm. guys in the back they're not pushing with you right and to be fair these are the same things you'd run into overwatch one but it feels worse because there's not at least a second tank there right it feels worse because usually when there was at least six players it always felt like even when i pushed in by myself as a tank or i pushed in by myself as whatever role there was probably someone else there with me but here it feels like i'm more alone I don't know. I think the one tank is not necessarily good or bad. And I think I would almost have preferred a game where they debuffed the tanks that they did buff and made it a uh, two healer, one DPS, one flex, one tank roll. And let and let the players decide, oh, do they want a DPS character there or do they want a tank character there? And I think that could have made for a better experience, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just obviously there's a lot yeah. more balancing issues you got to mm-hmm. do because with yeah. one tank you can't necessarily have them all super powerful. Because mm-hmm. um, you can see in a lot of the uh, I think the like free for all modes, there's a lot of tanks being played because yeah. they're like, hey, just play through tanks and yeah. you can overrun the enemy team. Yeah, if you go to arcade, you can basically play goats again. Uh, you would yeah. just be missing like uh, either the Zenyatta or the Brig. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the new heroes, Junker Queen, uh Sojourn and Kiriko. Uh maybe start backwards since Kiriko is the newest hero. Uh feels do you think that 
Go ahead. I just want to add, New Heroes is a little bit of a stretch because your beta stuff. Your creating was was all of the beta and stuff, so it's really only one new character. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Kiriko feels balanced, which is unique for Overwatch because usually these characters come very overpowered at the start. Mm-hmm. So uh, like her, her healing is okay. Her dagger occasionally feels decent like hearing the dinks on those daggers is a very satisfying sound but uh yeah i I feel like in my time i've been getting away from her and i've been just settling on playing lucio a lot more in my time as support or anna who i feel they they do uh they do much better Uh, i like her her cleansing stuff but the cleansing most of the time just factors in if you're playing up against an Ana that's throwing bionades. Yeah. I I like Kiriko a lot. I think at first she was definitely a learning curve. Like at first when I first played like her for like four or five games, I was like, I hate her to death. She feels hard to use. I learned a couple of tricks, like being able to disable the auto heal or auto fire thing. So if you don't know, you can disable when you click heal, you launch all five of her little heal things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually disable that so it only fires one or you can hold it to fire all five so that way you can you know feel more like oh I'm healing now I'm throwing my kunai um, it feels better that way definitely recommend it if you're going to use her character mm-hmm. um, but after I got kind of used to her character I really started to like her I do agree she feels balanced but at the same time it feels like people don't know like Sometimes it's hard to play her because, like, I want to throw my kunai, but, like, you know, maybe the healer's not doing enough. And, like, anytime you throw your kunai, you're not healing. And unlike every other character, you can pretty much do the same at the same time. Right? You know, if you're damaging, you can heal. You know, whether it's, you know, Mm -hmm. the fact that with, uh, 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 what's her face? Um, uh, Like, whether it's uh, uh, with uh, Moria uh mora where she's right. basically you know throw the little orb out and you can suck so you're healing mm-hmm. you know Multitasking. mercy sure you can't but for mercy 90 percent of the time you're not pulling out your blaster so that doesn't really matter mm-hmm. um for her it's more about moving around but i think but like every with, other character yeah with yeah. all the other characters it's like you can quick swap to the other yeah. element whereas there's no like animation canceling technique to get from her kunai to her her healing uh, there is but it makes her healing very ineffective. Yeah. So it's like worthless. And to be really good with a kunai, you have to be super accurate. Like even with Zenyatta, there's I feel like there's a little bit of a give. But with her, like you 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 gotta hit the headshots. If you're not hitting the headshots, mm-hmm. like her rate of fire is slow and not doing a ton. Mm-hmm. So she's definitely a character that you know. It, I guess in the old, I don't know if they still do this anymore where they rated them. Like she's definitely like high tier. Like if you want to be good with her, you have to have skill. Yeah. So, but I do like her in a lot of ways. Like she's definitely very fun to use. Her ult's cool. Mm-hmm. I love being able to push it in. Um, I really loved her animated short. Fantastic as yeah. well. Um, she's overall just a cool character. So I, I'm very excited to have, to kind of play her yeah. more. Before there was a balance patch, I had used uh, Zenyatta in her burst and. What a what a machine gun <laughs> that was for a little oh, yeah. while there. That was really cool. Oh yeah, I really I like. I I really love some characters when you're running in her 
people. Like it, it's very much reminiscent of the old school uh, uh, Anna Anna boost, right? Mm-hmm. Where you had the speed and you had the extra fire strength, everything. And it was just like so much fun. And that's what kind of she does, but in a much more limited scope. Right. So it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sojourn next. She has been very much a meta pick on the high end mm-hmm. for her her alt fire, which uh, can just like one shot a lot of one hundred plus one fifty two hundred characters. Yeah, she's just good because. It's the classic, the reason she's good isn't just because of her ult shot, but she has this alternate shot and a very, very good movement ability. And that's pretty much, Mm -hmm. a lot of the best characters in Overwatch pretty much have a movement ability, right? Because if you can get out of a situation, you can survive it better. And she's got it all. Like, she's basically, like, soldier, you have to run around. It's not bad, but, like, with her... You can run around and then also kind of like high jump out. And I've seen some crazy saves where people were like pushed off the map and they managed to slide off the map, like on the outskirts of the map and jump mm-hmm. up back on the map. So it's pretty cool. I do like her character, but I haven't been able to play her a whole lot because I don't really queue DPS. I queue Phil. Right. And half the time you're doing Phil, you're pretty much, well, not half the time, two thirds of the time you do Phil, you're doing heal. <laughs> yeah. And every once in a while you might get uh... lucky with a tank or DPS. Yeah. Most of my, my unranked play, I do uh, all roles, and I get mostly yep. support in some tank. Uh, very rare DPS. That's when I go to arcade. Sometimes I'll pick DPS just for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Junker Queen, who was very meta there for a while. There was that variation of goats that we saw in Overwatch League prior to the game's release that I was worried about was gonna come out, and that meta. It, it doesn't feature Junker Queen as much, but uh, she's cool. But I, I just don't feel like I make the same impact as I could with other characters. Yeah, I kind of agree. She's fun to play with, but you don't feel like you're having a whole lot of impact. And most of it just has to do with the fact that out of all the tanks, right? So if you just look at just every single tank you have available, she's pretty much the only one that doesn't have a good, like, protection or heal, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a shield, whether it's a deflect, whether it's a hold, you know, whether it's absorption, she all that she has is this, like, raw, and yeah, she shout. gets, like, you know, shout, which she gets, like, a little bit of a health boost and can run, um, but it's not, like, an impressive amount. It's not, like... You'll survive with it if you have a good healer that's also healing or you get away. <laughs> like, it's not like, let me use it and hopefully get a kill. Maybe if you're like one-on-one or 2v1, maybe you could do it. But like in like a huge fight scenario, you really have to rely on your support a lot more because mm-hmm. you don't have any kind of shield. You don't really have a good movement ability. Um so, like, she's overall a little bit weak. I would like to see something done to her character just to give her just a little more oomph or survivability. All because right. I feel like whether it's a, a, a better damage so she can kill them better or just maybe her shout gives her a little more health or they give her some more health, something needs to be there to give her just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about Battle Pass and stuff, but I do want to just, yeah, like if there's any other characters, like I can't believe Sombra in Overwatch 2. Like she can hack well yeah. in Viz, and the SMG is so good. I played one game and I just got like 4K play of the game. It's like the character's like super easy. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely throwing some nerfs out that are really necessary, especially for people like Genji. Um, I think some characters are definitely weaker than others. You know, I think there probably needs to be a little bit of a buff. Um, tank wise, like the tanks play almost identical except for Orisa. She's the only one that really had any real change to her character, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and her, I think she's more fun now. She's definitely a lot more fun now. Like I played a lot of Orisa because you know, when you have shit teammates, Orisa is just some always typically a better pick because she gets you the shield and the damage. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and so having her like little twirly effect, it's fun. I pushed a couple people off the map once with it and laughed. Um, <laughs> I noticed some people are starting to learn how to use her ult, which sucks people in, jumping off and then using the ult so it sucks people all off the map. Uh-huh. Um, that's pretty funny. Um, I want to try that once in well, in the well side on Ilios. Um, I just want to jump in the middle of the well and ult and see if I can pull some people in. Hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I think overall, like she's the only character that really had any significant change. Obviously some of the healers I want to mention. Um, I do want to mention one thing, two things about the healers. Uh, I do like that they all passively heal now that helps, but please be kind to your healers. Being a healer in this game is so much harder because as 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 you mentioned, Jarrow, you know, there's no peeling, no t- second tank to kind of help protect them. Mm-hmm. So half the time playing healer, like, it just feels like you're on your own and you're just like, all right, please survive. <laughs> um, and I've been ended up playing a lot of, uh, um, a lot of uh, 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 of uh, what's her name? Um, so bad with names right now. Uh, Moria, Moria, right? Because I could just survive with Moria. Um, so like it just feels sometimes it's like it really feels like you're struggling because you're like you're trying to s- help people out with Zenyatta or Baptiste, but no one or Anna, no one's sitting there protecting you, and there's some stupid Genji jumping on your ass half the time. So, mm-hmm. um, I will say, be kind to your healers. It's so much harder being a healer in this game than it was in any other game. Yeah, in the pre- in Overwatch one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, battle pass. A lot of talk about Kiriko on the free track at level fifty five. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I kind of hope changes a little bit for the free players, get her a little lower there for the sake of gameplay. Um, yeah, but I am at level 38 now I'm close to 40 and I've really just been playing enough to do the daily challenges. And then some of the weekly challenges, uh, I'll admit, like, I haven't been paying too much attention to you. They just kind of naturally happen yeah. throughout playing the game. So uh, I feel like... You did, did you buy the Battle Pass? I did, yeah. So you get, you just keep in mind, you also get an XP boost for having the Battle Pass. Right, like, like 20%. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to do some double XP stuff, which they commented is kind of an apology for the launch issues. But I think double XP, like, once or twice a season should be a regular thing uh, mm-hmm. to to give people like I try to play like 30 minutes to an hour a day and not everybody is going to have that kind of time. Yeah. Um, so, but, and, and it's also just like a nice opportunity to just play a bunch more and 
get some more XP and kind of make some further progress when I have time, like the weekend and stuff to play. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think they should be easier for the heroes. They should be lower. Um, whether it's like level 30 or something, I think that would be fine. You know, enough to where you don't have to feel like you grind for both months just mm-hmm. to get the hero or, or pay 10 bucks, you know, to buy the battle pass. I think that's the biggest complaint I have with the battle pass is that on the free tier pass. Um, I, it'll be harder to, to gauge until I actually, you know, don't pay for a season and see how much that, how tough it is to get one of the mm-hmm. new characters they add. Cause they're supposed to add one every season. Um, Except for this season, just except for the first season, which there's correct me if I'm wrong, there's supposed to be two characters, right? Or no, uh, maybe it's every other season. I mean, that's what it was. They said every other yeah. season there'll be a new hero, but the first two seasons will feature a hero each. So, regardless, it should be easier to get the hero. So, um, other than that, like, like the battle pass, I've got no complaints for. People can bitch and complain all they want about, oh, I want this skin. It's so down in the battle pass. To me, it's like the battle pass is what it is and it works. So mm-hmm. my complaint kind of jumping a little bit into the next thing is how they're charging for some skins. Like, I know ultimately and my argument is still kind of the same as, yeah, they're just skins. But holy hell, like, have you seen like 20 bucks for like one Zen skin and a right. couple of things. Mm-hmm. Like why didn't they put like all the cyberpunks in a 20 bucks skin pass? Like that would make sense, but 20 bucks for each character. Yeah, that is, that's inexcusable. Like just, yeah, uh, I, I, I'll ne- I'll never buy one. No matter, no matter I, how I nice it looks. Like, exactly. I, I will never like, you're telling me, I could buy what well, a season costs ten bucks, right? Mm-hmm. If I correct, if I remember correctly, but one skin costs twenty bucks. Like that's like so. Like I guess I'm not as familiar with Call of Duty and their monetization system. Maybe it's the same, mm-hmm. but it's so high, it's ridiculous. Like they were talking about how they're selling old skin packs for like twenty bucks too. Like like there was like all the old like winter skins or something like that or Halloween skins that we're charging 20 bucks for. It's like, mm-hmm. that's still high. Like to me, like why would you charge old skins that have been out for four years? Right. Right. That much money. Like it, it should a hundred percent, they should reduce And Some of the prices just for unlocking things. Like I don't want to unlock things. Like why would I spend my coins? I could slowly earn to buy a season pass on a stupid skin or voice line or something. Right. Yeah. And that's like what they want you to do. And that to me doesn't make any logical sense. If I'm earning coins, eventually I'm going to buy a season pass with it. Whether it mm-hmm. takes me 10 months to buy one season pass, I don't care. I'd rather buy a season pass right. than any skin. Period. Mm-hmm. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. The only time I would buy one is if they were doing like the Mercy thing where they had that skin where you, it goes to like breast cancer research or something like that. That's that's more charity. Yeah, it's, that's the only like, time you're I getting would... the skin, but also feeling good about yourself because you're donating to a right. charity. Yeah, so that, that's a little different. Um, so is there anything else about Overwatch Two that you would like to bring up? I just feel like, in general, my overall thoughts of Overwatch Two is that it's very mid. <laughs> I know it's kind of overused, but like. I don't. I still love Overwatch as a game, but Overwatch Two 100% doesn't feel new. 
it really like calling it Overwatch Two is a stretch. Mm-hmm. I think push pull is was fun the first couple of times, but I don't think it's that good. I think it's it's just like every other game mode where you're gonna get one team that's probably gonna you know dominate the other team. And the way they changed over over uh, overtime rules is great, but at the same time, it pretty much guarantees if uh, one team has a good push in overtime, you're never overcoming it. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, I've had those situations. Um, I generally like push, and one great thing about it is that it killed two CP. So, uh... yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings <laughs> about two CP. I think two CP was fun. Um, I think it was more fun than people let on. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that if you have a choice between, I'd say two CP and hybrid, I'd prefer hybrid. Yeah. Um, because again, hybrid is basically just. 2CP without the second CP. <laughs> yeah, just the um, payload stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it's a fun enough game. I just think I really do wish we had five heroes at launch, and I mean new heroes, not like two that were, we've already had access to and played probably during the beta or whatever, or watched or watched League Play or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they had launched with a huge number of heroes... I think that would have made it feel more unique, more fun, kind right. of more engaging. But now it's like, oh, it just, just feels like Overwatch with one less character. Right. Pretty much it. Yeah. And, I mean, they only launched... I mean, we talked about Sojourn and Junker Queen because it's, like, new for us, but really the game just came out with one character because we had known Sojourn and yeah. Junker Queen for so long. Yeah, and you probably already played them if you played the beta. Yeah. So, again, Junker Queen to me... What didn't feel like new character? I mean, it was new, but it didn't feel like one. Neither did Sojourn. Mm-hmm. Right. So Kiriko was the only new character in my mind, really, with Overwatch 2 launch. And I really do think that they should have had at least a handful of characters coming at you. So it feels like it really feels unique, right? Because then everyone's trying all the new characters, and it's not just not right. You know, a couple of characters. We're seeing a whole bunch of new characters, trying to learn them, feel them out, and vibe them. Yeah. Instead, we're just really getting one new character. Yeah, and as so I said, like even when you look at the heroes, at the tanks, the change, they didn't really, they don't feel much different. Right. So yeah, I've I've played a little bit of Winston, and I I haven't used his alt fire much. <laughs> It just really doesn't change much. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, now I can shoot someone a little further. Yeah. I mean, even if you look at Doomfist and like, well, he's significantly different. Yeah. He's a tank now. He really plays the same. Yeah. So he's just harder to kill. Yeah. And I, I, was, um, I was talking about like yeah. Calsombra's OP. I am, I hate Doomfist and I am so glad that he sucks as much as he does in this game now. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's not good. Yeah. He's, he's probably the worst tank you could choose. Right now, yeah, I was. I remember I was playing one game, and some guy was like, "Oh, Doomfist is OP because our Doomfist was actually doing stuff." <laughs> I was like, "No, no, you just suck." Like, <laughs> I've never gone against a Doomfist and was like, "Wow, I feel sh- like I'm struggling." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm. I admit, I'm not too upset about the Doomfist thing. Yeah, being, uh, nerfed. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, that wraps up our Overwatch impressions. Overwatch two. And we're going to wrap up. Steve, you're going to talk briefly about A Plague Tale Requiem, which has just came out. Uh, I'm looking forward to play it. Haven't started yet, but yeah. uh, go on. Yeah, I'm about... I'd have to look on Steam. I'm about seven hours in, seven, eight hours. Um, 
I, I'm really going to be brief because a lot of times in a lot of reviews I saw pretty much said, hey, all this is is... Uh, I'm seven hours in. I just checked. Um, uh, all this... Everyone always says this is just more Plague Tale. A Plague Tale. And that's really the best way to describe it. It doesn't feel like there's any anything new they've done, right? It still feels pretty much like a Plague Tale, uh, mm-hmm. in a sense. It, it feels like a lot of the mechanics are the same. You're doing a lot of the same stuff. You're hiding. You're calling rats. You're avoiding the rats. You're using the lights. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I want to make that very clear. It is just more Plague Tale. Like, it's a very safe, uh, very, very safe uh, sequel, which is fine. Because A Plague Tale, uh, Innocence, was kind of a shortish game. You know, I think it launched at 40 bucks, and you could get it for really super cheap or free if you had, you know, Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So it was never really that expensive of a game. And as I said, it was pretty quick to play. And so I'm really not too upset that they just kind of, you know, said, hey, let's do some bigger environments. Let's do some a little bit smarter AI, because I noticed that the enemies are a little smarter than the last time. Um, it felt like last time I could really get away with a lot of stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this time it's like they're a little more on point. Um, but overall, it still pretty much plays and feels the same. Story-wise, again, feels and plays a lot. It feels a lot the same story beats you're hitting. Um, I really do like, I will say I really like uh, uh, Amicia as a character. I think she's really fun. Um I, I do, they're, they're playing a lot more into her, I guess, trauma. And it feels a little bit like they're kind of playing into what I would say some of the, the interesting parts of the first Tomb Raider reboot was. And how when you first saw Laura, she was, she, you know, it was like, holy hell, I feel sorry for this person. Um, it felt, feels a lot the same way with Amicia in this game. They're really pushing into the whole, like... She's in a shit situation, and she is how old? I think she's supposed to be like fourteen. Yeah, um, fifteen maybe. Um, so she's she's pretty young, and so it's for being a girl to be in such a shit situation, and like a real shit situation, right? Like it's just like so much being thrown at her. Um, I really enjoyed that kind of that kind of uh, play for her character. So um, definitely enjoy the game. Definitely, like, if you've never played the original, this is one to get into. Um, and if you really enjoyed the first game, you'll like this game because, again, it's more of the same. Now, I definitely, you know, I don't know how this game's going to end. I'm just going to say it's probably going to set up in a way where they're going to be more. It's the way video games are. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope that in the next game, we do see maybe a little more innovation. I'm fine with that. I think... The fact that this is only the second game in the franchise, all I really wanted was for it to be bigger. <laughs> you know, give us a little more variety. And they have changed some things up. Like, before, whether or not you, you know, killed a bunch of guys or snuck past them, it didn't really change how you how, how anything in the game, really. But in this game, they added some, like, level-up mechanics to where if you decide to sneak, you level up a sneaking skill. If you decide that you're going to murder everyone, you level up a murdering skill. If you decide to, you know, kill people, but in kind of a more opportunistic way, like going through traps and things, you level up that. So it does give you a little bit more variety in that sense, and that's perfect. They basically gave me exactly what I wanted from the last game and gave me a little more, or getting a little more, a lot more, made the game look a lot better. Looks a lot better. I mean, not that the last game looked bad, but it does feel like, you know, 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's just nicer and prettier looking. Yeah. So I'm definitely recommending, like, if you enjoyed the first one, definitely check this one out. It's it's basically more of the same. It's more great, and it's free on Game Pass, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So get get Game Pass. Pay ten bucks and play the game, or fifteen bucks. How much Game Pass is? Right. Well, yeah, five, ten, fifteen a month, whichever version, because it's on console and PC. So yeah, whichever way you go. Uh, I'm yeah, looking forward to playing. playing. All right, and with that, thus concludes episode 329 of the podcast, Anavision.org. Check out all of our episodes and links there, including Discord, where we are most active. And uh, I do want to at least do a little bit of an EXT later down the road for Plague Tale, whether it's a 5-10 minute whatever episode. I'd like to at least talk about the story and stuff. It wouldn't hurt to come back to it and kind of talk about some more things. Right. More, get more details of some of the mechanics that they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So for Stephen Amro, I'm Jero. We will see you next time on the Anavision Podcast. Believe it.